You're listening to episode 22 of the Junto Podcast with Colby Chrysler and Scott Grafton, a discussion on worship. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Junto Podcast, uh, episode 22, and I'm here with Scott Grafton and Colby Chrysler. Did I say that right? right. Sorry. I didn't... <laughs> I, you probably get called Chrysler every now and then. Okay. Yeah. Chrysler and Christmas. But you know what the origin of that last name is Christ Chris Christ follower with a T. So Wow, that's yeah. actually the origin. That is of the it? origin. Wow. Awesome. Uh super excited to have you guys. Uh you know, we have been talking a lot about different topics and, and we thought, you know, we're approaching Easter and we just as it relates to our church, you know, I, I, I thought that it would be kind of cool to have a discussion on worship. Um, and, and you would think that, uh, that worship is just an easy topic to talk about, but I kind of wanted to unpack that because as we were, we, we met last night, uh, as we were talking about last night, you know, a lot of people, and I'm going to unpack some of my own feelings, but a lot of people don't find it that easy to worship. So let's dive right in. I, I wanted to talk to you guys because you lead worship for Victory Church. Scott, you've been doing this a long time uh, at Victory, and you probably got some history. And, and Colby, I know you have some extensive history, not only here at Victory, but also much larger churches. And you've had, uh, I think you've had a unique perspective because you've kind of seen, you've seen how this thing works kind of uh, between churches and, and might have a unique perspective. So let's dive right in. What 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 is worship to you guys? I mean, I, you know, I think it might be a little bit different for everybody, but let's mm-hmm. let's have some conversation. Colby, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, when I was putting together uh, a talk about worship recently, I came up with probably my definition, which would be just the outflow of the heart and word and song. Um, And that, you know, I think worship in general, um, it's kind of a blanket statement, I would say, for a lot of forms, you know. But I think ultimately it is an outflow of the heart. And in the corporate setting, we see that, um, you know, in music. uh, It's funny, we... uh, you know, denominationally, it looks kind of different that yes. we all open up our service in, in the form of worship that is song and right. praise. And um, so that's really what I think of. Yeah. Scott, what, what are your thoughts? You know, she she hit on something. I know there are, are a lot of universal things that are a little bit similar, but but when it comes to worship, I mean, what are what are your first thoughts on that? I think for me, it's a difference between what most people in a corporate setting, like Colby said, consider worship versus what worship actually is in Scripture. Now, worship in Scripture is an outpouring of yourself mm-hmm. to the one who created you. That's right. And it could be through song. Yes. It could be through your work. Right. It could be through whatever talent that you've been given. It's giving that back to God. Exactly. Wow, that's you know, good. Matthew, mm-hmm. where it talks about the woman who you know emptied the alabaster jar at Jesus' feet and wiped it with her hair. Mm. You know, Christ could probably smell that when he was on the cross. So Mm. she poured out and gave of herself something back to him, the one who created her, the one who saved her, the one who redeemed her. And I think that that's what worship really is. is, To me, worship doesn't have anything to do with standing on a stage and singing. Yeah, That's a corporate act that you do in 
mm-hmm. community with other people. It's an act of praise. Yeah, praise. Wow. There's a difference to me personally, and I may be totally off base on this, but that's a difference in praise and worship. Praise is a corporate action. That's what you do. You're wow. singing praise. You're mm-hmm. giving praise. You're praising someone else publicly to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But worship is a it's an outpouring of yourself. Mm. You know. And so Man, that's an awesome differentiation. Uh and see, this is this is why I think this discussion is so needed. I I, I don't think it's cut and dry. I don't think that you can just throw the term worship out and it just be a blanket term. Uh, You hit something that was awesome because you differentiated between praise and worship. And I, you know, everybody worships a little bit different. You know, from a, from a ministry standpoint, we see all kinds of people in our congregation, some that are able to, you know, let themselves go and put their hands up and that, that have no issue with that. But there are others uh, and I'm going to get into kind of how I feel about this as well in a minute. But there are others who have a hard time, and it's not that they're not feeling it. It's not that they're not moved by the power of the Holy Spirit or by the presence that they might be feeling, but they just don't know how. So I think what you said is awesome because there is a distinction. Mm-hmm. Colby, what do you think? I mean, what have you seen, especially coming from uh, playing in a larger setting and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. What would What would you think about that? Um, well, as far as, um, people, people's ability to enter in and that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been a part of large Baptist church. I've led worship at Methodist churches. Wow. I've, um, small Presbyterian. And so it's fun to see kind of, I have a wide perspective of the body of Christ as a whole, Mm. you know. I've been in some pretty wild places, and I've been in some places where it's like, no it life. looks like maybe we're at a funeral, but actually we're not, we're at church. Wow. Um, but I, I think, honestly, because where I get, where what is interesting to me is you might have that same individual who maybe the Saturday before was like going crazy, hand-raised mm. excitement at a football game, but when we take that into a worship setting... There's suddenly like, I don't know what to do. And I think some of it, I think some of that is um, uh, cultural, maybe tradition of like, this is how this generations of worship has, has looked very more solemn and holy. And so, so in, in our reverence for the Lord, Mm, right, we, we are quietly and respectfully worship and, um, but I think that there, I think some of that can can be a level of um, bondage, of spirit of religion, you know, that can wow. come in too. Yes. So um, when I moved back here, I went to school in Knoxville, I, and I felt the Lord um, calling me to Bellevue. I had some, you know, we were starting a a new worship service there, right? And it was contemporary gotcha. and. Uh, which was a big deal. You know, we had people leave over that because what the tradition was um, hymns and choir and and their tradition of worship that was so heartfelt and deep and went generations back, that's what it looked like. And I think that, you know, I felt like one of my calls in going there was not not about 
uh, I'm singing and, you know, singing these great songs, a lot of, I felt really called to, to be on that stage and to worship in freedom and release that into the atmosphere. Because Mm. if you see others doing it, you automatically, there's a freedom in the room, right? If just one person's doing that, that releases others to worship that way. It does. Wow. And, um, so yeah. If people are willing to humble themselves. Yes. Humility. That's the key to it. That's the key to worship. Yeah. Because, when you're worshiping and you're giving of yourself, it's a humbling experience. Yeah. Some people, in, and I once again, this is my opinion, I believe that people have a hard time releasing themselves to be able to worship yeah. because yeah. it is so humbling and you are very vulnerable. It's right. very vulnerable. That's because the word. If you're, yes. if, you're, if you're in worship and in a, in a corporate worship setting, you know, and if you're home, you're doing whatever, but if you're in a corporate worship setting, it's very difficult for people to let go and yeah. worship because your eyes are closed, your hands are raised, right? and you're opening yourself up to what God yeah. has for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Um, yeah. It's difficult for people in a general setting to open themselves up to someone else. Yeah. So that's the mindset, that's the mentality, is, is if I can't open up to you, I can't open up to God. Wow. So I, I, that's the reason mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people have a really hard time because they may sit and look around to see what others are doing. Yeah, you know and what it others is. think. Yeah, and you know, am I going to look foolish if I do yeah. this? Am I going to like David? Exactly, <laughs> right? Crazy person. Yes. You know, yeah. it's it's. Am I going to look foolish if I open myself up to God? Yeah, you know, and I, I love the, the Michael's talked about this before. You know, how much blessing do you want? Do you want this much blessing wow. or do you want this much blessing? Yeah. You know, and it's not and it's not it's not a matter of the blessing. The blessing is a natural outcome of the worship that you give. Right. Um so you know, just I think people have a very difficult time realizing that worship is not about the act. Mm. Worship's about the heart. That's worship right. is yeah. about humbling yourself, opening yourself up you know, bowing before your maker and giving everything back to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's a really hard thing for people to do sometimes. No doubt. Yeah. You, know. you know, it uh I think sometimes people they just don't know how to respond. That's right. You know, and then I also think too there have been times where you know, some people I'll be honest, I think people sometimes have a, a skeptical spirit. In other words, what I mean by that is they're like, okay, are, are people really feeling a touch from God? Or, or is this just right. a trained behavior? Yeah, is this a show? Yeah. Is this a trained behavior? Mm-hmm. That, and I'll be honest, guys, for me, for me, especially on a Sunday, sometimes, uh, and I'll equate this to, you ever expecting guests to come over to your house and and what you're concerned about primarily is making sure everything is perfect at the house, right? Making mm-hmm. sure it's clean, the temperature's right. Sometimes right. on a Sunday morning, that's how I feel because I, and I'm not saying I don't enter into worship, but I'm saying as as part of the <clears throat> staff here, as part of a, you yeah. know the pastoral uh, staff here, I I'm worried about you know the ushers and I'm worried about this and sometimes. It's hard for me in a corporate setting uh, because I am worried about other people's experience. It's hard for me to enter mm-hmm. in. And I will say that I think, too, that 
man, we have to learn how to worship on our own, right? Oh, yeah. You know, let's yeah. talk about that. I mean, am I wrong? Am I off base about that? And and I'm, I'm not saying that that's all the time, but I ha- that's something that mm-hmm. I have experienced just being in ministry, and I feel like I want to be that good host. But it, it's not even about us. It's really about preparing a place where people can receive a touch mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit. Right. You know ministry. what? I mean, certainly you guys have experienced that where you're running off faith. You know what I mean? And that's it. Many, many times you run off faith. I've had a lot of instances before, and I've talked about this in the past to other people, that there's times when I get up there to worship, lead worship, I don't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be there. I would rather be anywhere else than on that stage or standing in front of somebody trying to lead worship. Mm. But Especially when we make you see gyra. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it seems to me personally so manufactured. I'm not. Now I'm not speaking Bro. about everybody else. I'm speaking about in my own heart. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm is, having to force through. This is what I'm saying. I'm uh-huh. having to. I'm having to force through, and I'm having to give the impression that the spirit of God's all over me. Wow. Sometimes, but but the key is is if I continue to do it, you know, God tells us, you know, in the Scripture to obey. That's right. Follow the leading of the Lord. Amen. Do it whether he doesn't say do it if you feel like it. That's right. Yeah. You know, you offer yourself up, you do it, and then the spirit can show up and show out you in spite it. of what you're doing. A hundred percent. Because it has absolutely nothing to do with me, with Colby, with anybody else mm-hmm. on the yeah. team. It has nothing to do with any of us. That's it. It's about being faithful. You know, obeying the leading of the Spirit and opening yourself up to whatever yeah. God has for you, whatever it is. Yep. He may not show up. It's not mandatory that He does. That's right. But sometimes He does. A lot of times, most of the time, exactly. He does. If you are in conjunction with a, a group of believers who are offering what they have up to Him, where two or more are gathered That's in right. my name, there Come I am. That's good. That's good. You know. How have you dealt with that? I mean, is that something you uh, yes. experienced? What? Yes. Is I mean, I think anyone in leadership and ministry, yeah. period, we we are body, soul, and spirit, and we deal with the flesh just mm. like anybody else does. And I think he made a good, really good point is that, and not just leaders, anyone, I, I encourage anyone walking into this service on Sunday morning, like... You may not be feeling it. You may have just had a fight with your husband on the way to church, yes, right? Exactly. It's happened to me. <laughs> right? I'm, I know. I'm up there leading like, I probably shouldn't be leading worship right now. I still need to repent to my yes, husband, but yes. here we are, and the Lord can still move, right? And it is about it is about choosing in faith to <clears throat> worship despite what our Man. heart is feeling. And a lot of times... You have to walk in faith and the emotions and the feelings come later. Yes. And that's what the people of God do is they know that he's worthy of worship, that he, God's cause us to gather together as mm. the people of the Lord. And you enter in no matter what you're feeling. But but we do have a responsibility. We can't, if we're just like living our life completely different on the weekdays and then we show up and we're going to, we're putting on a facade, that's not what we're called that's to do, right? right? Our, the whole week, the whole week, um, our whole lives are are to be an act of worship. The way we work, the way yes. we treat our families, um, and this is just what it looks like corporately on a Sunday morning. Boom. You know, that's it. 
Man, so good. Um, and you're exactly right. You know, if uh, anybody out there is struggling, and you may happen to watch this, know that you're not alone. Uh, and I think you guys hit on something right. Uh, and we've heard Pastor Michael even say from the pulpit, I didn't want to get up this morning, but I'm here. You know, there comes a point in time where this gospel is so real to us that it's really not about our feelings, right? Like, we'll push through in faith, not because, uh, not because you know, we don't feel like doing it or we're just putting on a show, but because we know God has shown up in our lives so many times, and what an honor and blessing it is to be part of that corporate worship. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, you know, some of the most worshipful moments I've ever had are just alone, like yeah. in my car. And mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be Christian music. Right. Dude, I, oh, like, yeah. like I have... I have worshipped so many times to secular music. It could be uh, a love song, but you you turn that message and you turn uh, you turn that attention to God yeah. and you direct it to yeah. God. And you know those have been some of my. I'll even say probably the most powerful worship moments I've ever yeah. had have been alone, where I'm just crying out again because I can ugly cry. Yeah. You know, I can get as ugly as I want mm-hmm. to, uh, teared up. And not saying I don't do that in church. But man, you can't fight it. So I would encourage people to try to establish uh, a personal worship time of your own. This is excellent. This is amazing. This is that time on Sundays where you can get amped up. And like you said, you're in that corporate worship setting. But learn how to worship alone. How important, Colby, do you think that is, especially being, you know, being a worship leader? Mm -hmm. Um, That's been everything. I because of the way God created me, I commune with him most powerfully through song mm. and worship since I was a little girl. And um, and everyone is going to probably worship and experience him maybe different. I mean, one of the other ways I love to worship is being in nature and running. And wow. I just feel it's, it's, I feel so much, um, I really feel close to him and just yes. the quietness and, and his creation. But um, but that is, that's where it's at. It's in the personal encounter. And I, just like Jeremy, one some of my most powerful encounters with the Lord have been in my dorm room, in yes. my, in my home with, um, whether it's just a little worship music going, or I'm actually singing a new song and just really entering in and wow. that, that personal encounter that's where you get filled up, mm. you know. That's where um, he instructs your heart <clears throat> in the word, and then that's where you can take that and, and pour out to others. Otherwise, we don't have anything to give. Nothing. You know? I think that's so important. Is that, and Scott, you can comment on this too. But you know, I think one important thing about worship that we have to realize is that, man, and this is not just for leaders, ministry leaders, worship leaders. This is for people because the reality of it is, is we're all called to minister. We're all called to be worshipers, right? If you're a believer, then that's that's one of your duties. But it starts with that personal relationship, man, and learning how to enter in and, and how to thank God. It is so crazy. I was at the gym this morning, and I had a young man who came up to me at the gym, and he said... Out of, out of nowhere, he came up and he said, you're going to appreciate this. He said, I know that you'll appreciate this. He said, I, I met Jesus the other night. And he was in his home and he said, you know, in the past, I, I always just prayed so, you know, I didn't really know how to pray. This was just today. He said, I really didn't know how to pray. He said, I would just pray so structured. And he said, but 
for whatever reason, uh, I was reading my Bible, and I turned to John, didn't know what was in John. And he said, I just began to pour out my heart, and he met Jesus. And mm. I think, man, that is, that is, that is worship, right? Yes. Being able... Go ahead, What Scott. you just said is important. So the structure, when you don't know what words to say, mm. when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to sing, you have no clue. Man. The structure is what can give you that foundation to bring you into the presence of God. That's the reason that I think we need to really understand the distinction between worship and praise. Wow. Hmm. Worship is a state of being. Yeah. That's right. It's a state of mind. It's a state, it's a it's a personal sacrificial exchange wow. between you and God. Praise yeah. is the it's the natural outpouring of it. So praise is what you do as a result of, of the worship, worship that you give. Man, that's good. So, you know, I can give you praise. Man, great, great job on the podcast. Fantastic yeah, job. You're doing yeah. awesome. But there's nothing sacrificial. Wow. You know, mm. the worship aspect of it is that he gave all for me. He died on that cross for my sins. Wow. He gave me he gave me whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the talent is. Yeah. Whatever the whatever it is, he gave it to me. I'm giving it back to him. That's a sacrificial exchange. Praise is just a natural outpouring of that. Standing up, singing a song. You know, if if the heart's not right, it's 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 just a song. Yeah. No matter right. what it is. That's true. So it's it's I think we need to really understand the distinction between what worship is and what we do as a result of it. Mm-hmm. You know, all we're doing as worship leaders is giving people that structure, that yeah. framework right. to operate within, to have that personal relationship with God, that personal mm-hmm. exchange with the Holy yeah. Spirit. You know, all we're doing is just giving them a framework. Man. That's right. It's not, it's not, like I said, it, it's not about, it's not about anything that we're doing. Exactly. Nothing. It has nothing to do with us. All we're doing is just giving them a, you know, giving them a ball field to play in. Wow. Giving them a structure to operate within, uh, leading people into, you know, come on, sing it mm-hmm. out because we're just giving them that structure. Right. You know, that's the only thing we're doing. So, um, I think that that's one of the reasons too that traditional worship is such a, you know, uh, for so many people that the traditional worship, the hymns, the, you know, the songs that they've grown up singing yes. give them comfort, right? Because it's that structure, it's that framework that's for them to operate in. Wow, that's right. You know, that's right. So, and our our service is set up. And in that manner, you know, we start out with the high praise, what we right. call the jump song. And really, it's an invitation to enter in and like, hey, you can keep coming in. We're about to enter into the Holy of Holies. We're about to really wow. encounter him. So it's like almost a, the outer, if you look at it as a tabernacle perspective, the outer courts and the I praise, and then we can enter mm. in and by the blood of the lamb, right? Mm. And um, it is an invitation. And mm-hmm. You can you can hang out outside or you can come along. But. Exactly, it's so much better inside, right? Yeah, you know, like yeah. <laughs> come, come on in, come join us. It's so much better in here, uh, man. It's awesome. You know, we we I don't want to say we take pride. That's not the right sense, but I think there is a lot of emphasis uh, on on what we do and trying to do it with excellence. Um, 
And I, I, I also want to say, too, I think there's a difference, and we can get into the anointing, but I do think there is a difference. This goes not only to uh, pastoral ministry, but also with worship ministry. I think there's a difference of someone singing and someone that's called to lead, that, that mm-hmm. knows how to uh, invite and encourage people yeah. to, to enter into the presence. Because, you know, especially here, let's be honest, where we live, Pastor Michael says it all the time, you go to the bridge, uh, across the bridge, and you've jumped 20 years into the future. It's like we're 20 years behind everything <laughs> here. So it's it's almost as if we have to do a lot of teaching. I mean, compared mm-hmm. to what you've seen, what are... I mean, what have you seen in terms of the response and how, or what are some ways, I guess, that we might be able to as a church and a community, honestly, is get people engaged, get them fixed and prepared to worship? Because I like your analogy. You know, you said, wow, we're we're in the outer court and we're inviting you to come mm-hmm. in. I mean, I think that's huge. I think, you know, expound on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, I think in addition to just showing up here, there's a level of preparation that, you know, we, especially during this day, we have so much going on in our brains or Mm. head and you're thinking about what you have to do after church and lunch. I think there's a sacrifice that happens when you let go, you leave that outside, you let go of everything, all of the worries and all of the plans and you decide to focus in on Jesus in those moments. And, um, and you have to lay, you have to lay pride down, and it is it is hard to. I mean, I think I think our society is so more ADD than it's ever been. Ever, you know? ever. That's and, another podcast yeah. all on its own. I mean, well, like, we can You know, you almost need like a no cell phone zone if we didn't have some like Bibles and everything on there. But um, I think there's a, a preparation in your heart and in your mind, and a sacrifice of just like. Um, in the outer courts, when the animal sacrifice was made, we're talking like big. Obviously, the ultimate sacrifice has ever been made, but we can, we can, we can see an image there of where of our sacrifice of worship, mm. and and saying in these moments, Lord, I want, uh, and even even I, I sometimes encourage people to enter in, start worship with a heart posture, and sometimes our hands are, are a symbol of where, of our heart posture, which is, Lord, yes. I'm open to, um, you know, we want to lift you high in the praise, and then we yes. want to come in, and we want to receive everything that you have for us, because that's where we encounter him on these Sunday mornings. There's nothing more powerful uh, it, one of the things that I loved about Bellevue was the sheer numbers of people because yes. it to hear thousands of voices going up at once it's it's so heavenly you know uh, and that's like you know that is that's what we're made to do so right. there is a level of sacrifice in your heart and mind and saying hey I'm gonna forget about that the other worries and we're gonna lift you high it's all about you Jesus and we want all that you have for us today mm. because we're people we need to be desperate for him, you know, because Man. those other things are, are not going to satisfy and they they can never be enough, you know. Wow. I love it. I got goosebumps. Scott, <laughs> piggyback off that. <clears throat> so to that point, when you're in a setting where it is a smaller group, a smaller congregation, technique does become so much more important in our minds. Wow. You know, we, we think that we have to sound good. We have to... The, it's the performance aspect of it, you know. Um, 
because when you've got, you know, 10,000 people singing back to you, it's a whole lot easier to not focus on the the technique aspect wow. of it. I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> I felt more pressure at a bigger church with a camera on me. Three, two, one, go. Like yeah. a nice camera, too. Yeah. Like, it was like a studio stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know, I... Oh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not up there. I imagine it'd be the same for a pastor, though, uh, with with the congregation sizes. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. You know, I, I, it's just, it's just crazy to think about the differences. And one of the things that I wrote down here is that, you know, we do see an array of worship styles across oh, yeah. denominations. Mm-hmm. You know, from the from what I call the high church or the old mm-hmm. church, the more traditional. Mm-hmm. To, to a more contemporary style service. And I actually put something on my Instagram last night, just one of my stories. It's one of those polls where you can vote on, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, you know, what do you feel most, uh, traditional or contemporary? I had one marked traditional and the rest were contemporary. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think that gives us a good gauge of where people are and... and yeah. I love some of the songs that we do because we do mix some of that old hymn, you know, some of those old hymns in there, uh, which I think for me, I still get moved by that too, because it takes me back to that place in time, you know, Um, and I think that's super important. One of the things, and I I had this written down here, so um, in the King James Version of the Bible, praise occurs, and this is a distinction, remember you were talking about praise. Mm -hmm. Praise occurs 259 times. It even breaks it down like this. Worship occurs 188 times, but the verses specifically addressing the subject of praise and worship of God, totaling 254. Again, that's praise 183, and then worship 71. And it says that there seems to be a significant uh, amount of precedence, obviously, in the Bible on this idea and this aspect mm-hmm. of praise and worship. So, you know, if you see this or if you're new to victory, or really, it's not just victory because so many churches, even in our own community, they have this same type of vibe. You know, yeah. it's worship and it, you know, we're singing a lot of the same songs. Yeah. Let's just be honest, yeah. you know. Um, so it's, it is important. There's a reason why we try to like enter in and invite the spirit. Uh, I would encourage you to, like we mentioned, just, man, get in the habit of having your own personal time. You said something, and this has always been something I've thought is that you can't, you have to be, you have to worship out of an overflow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't worship or you, you can't give something that you don't have. I think just real quickly for me, talking about the traditional worship versus contemporary stuff, yeah. I think that contemporary is more of a breakaway from the traditional. But what we need to remember is that the stuff we grew up on, mm-hmm. the traditional songs that we sang in church as kids are foundational. Yeah, They... The theology is so sound mm-hmm. and so succinctly put yeah. that it's really hard to replicate the way those songs were written yeah. in today's music. Yeah. You know, we can sing the music today, we can do the repetition, we can have the, you know, flashier lyrics, but it's foundational from those traditional songs, you know. It is. And it's that's that's the thing that I think that in a lot of contemporary worship that we've lost. <clears throat> is 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 pulling in that 
rock solid theology. Theology. That's true. You yeah. know, and and I think I think we have a tendency to miss that in modern worship. Um, not saying at all that modern worship can't be that. Yeah. But I don't think that we ever need to forget, you know, forget that foundation, forget that bedrock that mm-hmm. you know we grew up on. And um yeah, it's it's me as an old guy, you know, I've been doing this for <laughs> <coughs> close to twenty years now and yeah. you know, a lot of people have been leading worship or, you know, in leadership for a lot longer than that, but and specifically in worship in various styles and, you know, more traditional to um contemporary i think it's, right. it's been a very learning like growing process for me to remember back on those foundation that foundational you know bedrock that i grew yeah. up on and bring that into modern worship yeah you know? well to tag onto that um i mean i think sometimes we can if you were saved 30 years ago and these were the songs you're singing and you connect mm-hmm. that salvation experience absolutely with those, you know, that's really important. But, you know, scripture talks about hymns. What is it? Ephesians. Uh, speaking another with Psalms, hymns, and new songs, right? Wow. And so I think that there's a place for uh, the old hymns, you know, the, you know, filled with all this wonderful theology that you feel like you're singing scripture mm-hmm. and the contemporary songs and then new songs, you know, yeah. in our worship service here. We have usually after the third song, we have a time where sometimes when we might say flow, we might be led by the Holy Spirit to sing this truth out. Mm -hmm. And it's usually simple and something the congregation can can jump in and maybe we sing it repetitively. But, you know, we're, if you think about Miriam, right, you know, with her new song, you know, when, you know, when they were fleeing Egypt, she was singing about what God had just done. Wow. Right. So as a church, it's our responsibility to stay current because the Holy Spirit's current, right? He's not, he's not stuck in the seventies. He wants, he's stirring us now. And I think what's really cool is a lot of times these new songs and the the worship leaders of really over the church that Mm -hmm. release these big songs, they're, I believe they're Holy Spirit led and they're for the church now. Yeah. Right. Wow. And what is the Lord saying now? And what is, and I, I believe that they're, you know, if you think about how powerful it is, there may be thousands of churches all over the world singing the same, same song. song. Yes. Right. And, and at the same moment. At the same moment. Yeah. I mean, like, it doesn't, I mean, that's incredible. It's like, you know, you know, in Revelation, when they're all singing, Holy, 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 that was a new song. Yeah. You know? New old song, cause, but, um, <laughs> but then again, God's you know not bound by time. So um, yeah, I think I think um, we can't get stuck in in only this these songs, and we also can't live off the new song. I think mm-hmm. um, I think there's room, and I think we're called to incorporate all of that. And wow. I think it's um, could be really powerful. Yeah, God, that that is that is so powerful, and you're you. Man, how true that is! My, I'm just thinking about that. You know, uh, I think it's pretty profound what you said because God, God does put a new song in our heart. It doesn't mean that the the meaning uh, takes away from anything old. Um, but I think also you said something that's interesting because I think so many times, especially if we were saved a long time ago, we do we do attach those older hymns to our experience. Uh, let's yeah. just be honest. I've, I I do that. 
Uh, I've done that. I got saved at a very young age. I was 10 years old and it was legit. Like it was, it was a legit, you know, I used to think, how can a kid be? No, it was legit. Like I had a Holy Spirit experience uh, and here I am still today. Uh, But I do think there's room. I I think that, that God allows us to take those old foundational truths and uh, also gives a, a new song in our heart that's not going to take away or invalidate those old right. those old songs. Um, real quick, a final final thoughts. If you if you were had to talk to somebody or maybe give advice on on maybe a baby Christian or somebody that's new or maybe that's struggling with worship, what would you encourage them to do? Colby, we'll go with you first, and then Scott will will end with you. Uh, just maybe maybe something that you've incorporated in your own life that's helped you uh, reach a higher, just a higher relationship. And I say that because just it was so random today that someone would walk up to me. I, I saw him working out, and I just went, because I hadn't seen him in a while, and I just went, hey, how you doing, fist bump? Yeah, if I see somebody, I'm always going to. And I had already walked off, and he came in like, came and found me and is like, I know you'll appreciate this and just told me about his experience. So I say that just to say that, dude, people, A, are searching. Mm-hmm. People are still calling, crying out to Jesus. And there are still people that don't know how uh, necessarily or don't know how to worship or mm-hmm. don't even know how to pray. So mm-hmm. Colby, what what is something that you've done in your own life that might, might help someone else? Um, I'd probably say <clears throat> two things. Um, there's nothing more powerful than just getting, opening up the songs and just choosing to open your mouth. There's, we can listen. It's, you know, listening to, to music, Christian music and worship music is great. I believe it, that music does literally, you know, change the atmosphere and move your heart. But there's something really powerful about opening your own mouth. Wow. And, um, you know, God spoke this world and began into being and he placed that same, um, power in us there's power on the tongue and i think that it is um it is it's almost like another level of of faith to not just listen but choose to even um just just out loud what like an in song or not song but just speaking out loud lord you're you're worthy i love you thank you Mm. for this and just entering in with your own voice um whether that's with psalms maybe you're singing along to a song, but just anything that's truly coming from your heart and being yes. able to speak that or sing that to, unto the Lord is powerful. And it's it's a great way to really encounter. Beyond yeah. powerful. Yes. Scott? And I think it's, <clears throat> for me, it's it's much simpler than that because it starts with thank you. starts that's with right. gratitude. starts yeah. with, I think that's, that's where the core of worship comes from is thank you. Thank you, yeah. God, for mm-hmm. what you did for me on the cross. Thank you, God, for blessing me, me and my family. Thank you, God, for, you know. That's right. Thank you for um, creating me to worship you. Mm. Thank you for, for, for whatever it is. Yeah. I yeah. think that that's, that's where it starts. So for new Christian, Christians who have questions about how do I worship? How do I do this? It just starts with thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Very simply. Wow. You know, and it starts at home. It starts in your, you know, your prayer closet, your private time. Just, you don't have to say anything elaborate. Yeah. It's just thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. who you're turning me into. Thank you. Thank you for what you're making me. That's right. 
And and to me, that's the foundation of it. We have so much to be thankful for, just uh, people living in a, in a modern age. Uh, Colby, I want to bring you back because you have an amazing testimony uh, that I wish we had time to get into. Uh, and maybe that'll be another episode uh, just to share your story. But we do. We all have so much to be thankful for. Um uh, Speaking of old hymns, you know, and I, I think I said this recently, but singing that old hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, you know. Yeah. Uh, count your many blessings, see what God <laughs> has. Done. You know, but it's true. Uh, if you begin to just count your blessings and you're like, wow, gosh, yeah. I do have so much to be thankful mm-hmm. for. I, I think we get clouded. You know, you said something about people being, I don't know if you said anxiety, but we're we're definitely more stressed than we've ever been. That's statistically proven. Mm-hmm. More people deal with anxiety than ever before, right. statistically, scientifically proven. Um, and so we're we're living in an age where I think worship and uh, prayer is needed. You know, I don't want to do this podcast just to talk about worship. I, I want people to understand that this is man this is a lifestyle you know this is yeah. this is help this is crying out to god and i've had the both of those experiences you know you talked about crying out to god and reading reading in the psalms and you talked about just gratitude i've i've been in both of those places you mm-hmm. know and god has shown up in in both cases and you get to a point to where you you begin to learn how to hear the the still small mm-hmm. voice yes. that you know, and uh, when when that has been applied in your life, so many times you just trust it. You trust it above all else. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage anybody that's struggling with the idea or you don't know how to enter in, just take the advice that you've heard. Thank God. Start where you are, you know, and uh, begin to say thank you and begin to read the Word of God and begin to just pour your heart out. And man, I I believe that God will show up and meet you right where you are. So, Well, on top of um, um, what he said, just, you know, just waking up and just be like, oh, Lord, thank you for another breath. I, you know, I had a season where I was, I was so sick that I, I couldn't sing. I didn't, getting out of bed was hard enough, much less getting wow. up and having my quiet time. Mm. And so the Lord really gave me peace and um, the freedom to just wake up where all I had the strength was just like, I love you. Like, oh. thank you for another day. And just, wow. you know, did, didn't have those hardcore prayer time, worship times. I was literally just existing and loving the Lord in that wow. existence. And that was the only, that was the level of worship that I could give him at that yeah. point, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, he loves that. It's it's really comes down to your to the position of your heart. It does. And that, uh, that's what I put uh, on my Instagram last night. You know, we we can argue about worship styles. And when I say we, I don't mean us, but the church in general, you know, it, it goes, in my view, back to your heart, man, a surrendered heart to God, a heart that is crying out for His will over our own, mm-hmm. and, and a heart that is a heart of gratitude and just uh, ultimately just pointed towards God. So... Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. Uh, awesome conversation. I uh, really appreciate you guys coming on today. And uh, if you don't have any final thoughts, I guess that's good. So <laughs> appreciate you guys. Bye.